Welcome to Limitless, the blind beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community, in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsley. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marsley. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. As usual, we have a great episode for you. Today, we're talking about the Lori Shepard Memorial Bursary, which is a bursary that Blind Beginnings is privileged to award to an individual who's blind or partially sighted each year. Um, this year, we're able to offer two bursaries, uh, both the value of $2,500. So this is this is not a small bursary. This is a very generous bursary. Uh, and we're currently ta- taking applications until April 8th. So if you are interested in applying, please consider and listen to this podcast and you'll learn all about the bursary and how it was started, why it was started, and uh, and hear from a couple of recipients, past recipients. So I'd really love to introduce, uh, we have Ginny and Kaya, who've both been on the podcast before, who are past recipients of L- the Lori Shepard Bursary. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being here. And a very special guest, Jeff West, who, well, I'll, I'll explain who he is in a moment, but welcome, Jeff. Hello. It's so uh, nice to uh, be able to speak with you all today. And I'm sitting here uh, with, with Megan Fisher Fleming, my partner in life and crime. Hello. So we're both in front of our computer. <laughs> awesome. Welcome to both of you. Okay. So Jeff, why don't you tell us who Lori Shepard was and why this bursary was created? Oh, very happily. I'll give you some background on Lori. Uh, Lori and I uh, were, oh, many years ago now, uh, met in the early 1990s. We married and um, uh, we began an adventure uh, in life that uh, had all sorts of really marvelous moments. And some of those moments dealt with uh, providing support to uh, the community, in particular the community of persons who are visually impaired and blind and guide dog users. To give you a bit of background about Lori, um, when she was seven years old uh, in the late 1960s, she developed uh, insulin dependent diabetes. So to give you how much Medical interventions have changed. When they were first measuring blood sugars in 1970, you still in the hospital had to pee on a strip, um, which is very different than many of the modern tests. So she uh, managed juvenile diabetes and insulin dependence all of her life. And that later did lead to some complications with with her vision, which began to fail uh, in her 20s. Uh, When she was 27, she was in a very serious uh, motor vehicle accident. She was T-boned in an intersection. And uh, subsequently, after seven eye surgeries, she became totally blind. And that started a a new trajectory in life for her. Uh, She was a remarkably proactive person, uh, uh, quickly 
received orientation and mobility support from a really grand uh, worker from the CNIB named Lee Bowden Viscovi, who taught her a lot of cane skills. And once she learned that there were guide dogs available, uh, she began her next adventure, uh, going down to San Rafael in California and received her guide dogs from uh, Guide Dogs for the Blind. Uh, her career itself, she was quite a businesswoman, uh, became um, disrupted, that would be the best way to put it. Uh, so she found herself being a, a person in her late 20s that was learning to use Braille, which was difficult for her because she had some degree of uh, diabetic um, uh, uh, atrophy in, in her fingertips. And as a result, couldn't read very long. Uh, so she began to use all sorts of different types of speech hardware interventions or software and began to find ways to return to the community. She, she recognized that there were all sorts of persons that were blind and visually impaired and had multiple impairments that uh, had become quite isolated. So she began to do uh, promotional work and fundraising for a whole series of charities, which included the um, United Way, um, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, a um, number of others, and uh, really began a career of fundraising and, and providing support for other persons. She then realized there were all sorts of gaps in communication with persons that were guide dog users. So she took a business that she created, which was called Public Awareness Without Sight, turned it into a nonprofit charity, and began a series of uh, guide dog conferences that lasted uh, uh, long after her passing. And it was an event that brought guide dog users from literally all around the world. They came to the United States, they came from Europe, and a whole series of uh, specialists in the field and that brought people together to learn uh, about guide dog usage and what was being done well in certain countries and it really became quite a quite a remarkable event uh, at the sad very sadly Lori passed away when she was 42 after a, a quadruple bypass uh, at st paul's hospital and a group of us got together and decided that her contributions had been um, so unique and so beneficial to people that we would create a memorial grant in her name, and countless people um, contributed to that fund. And uh, we linked it to, with the Vancouver Foundation, and it, uh, it existed with PAWS International for years. But when that charity um, finally disbanded, it then became linked with Blind Beginnings. So we're, um, we're, we're incredibly happy that we have funds that we can give to persons and that the most ideal charity is Blind Beginnings under Sean Marzolet because it does so much fabulous work and connects to all the young persons that are blind and visually impaired. I did know Lori not well, but I did meet her um, when I was starting Douglas College. I think she was finishing there maybe. I feel like our paths crossed, you know, once or twice here and there over the years. And interesting that both Ginny and Kaya are new guide dog users within oh, the last year and a half or so. So, and actually Keisha as well, who I'll be referring to, uh, got a guide dog during COVID. So just ironic and, and interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really great. Yeah, that's cool. One thing that I think is super unique about this bursary is that it's not just for post-secondary. It can be used to support post-secondary education. Um, I feel very grateful to have been a recipient. I think it was back in 2010 and the bursary helped me to finish my master's degree, but also 
kind of keep me alive while running a nonprofit that was not able to pay me yet. So <laughs> I love the flexibility and I was looking at the criteria. Um, this bursary can be used for um, payment of tuition fees, professional fees, purchase of adaptive equipment, or to support costs with the creation of a home business. Can you talk about this, Jeff? Like why, I think it's fantastic and it's not, it's not the norm. So why is this bursary kind of so, so broad in what it will fund? I think one of the goals of making the bursary so broad is that we recognize that in this era, work changes very rapidly. Uh, how you uh, access um, education has changed so rapidly. Um, unfortunately, often the supports that were once provided by the provincial government and the federal government have not evolved as rapidly. <laughs> and they, they certainly can be arduous and complicated uh, and, and not always tailored to an individual's needs. So if you are a person and you are beginning to work on your own pathway in life, uh, it is important that that all persons be able to pursue what their passions are. We, we, do, we do far better in life when we're doing things that we like. Uh, often third parties that provide funding tend to be very inflexible. It's, well, why don't you take course A? Why don't you be a greeter at Walmart? Why don't you be an accountant rather than you know, a neurophysicist? <laughs> all sorts of examples. I'm, I'm being exaggerating a little bit. Um, so when you actually have the time to, to develop what your own skills are and what your own passions. Uh, sometimes the best way to do that is to have funds that are flexible so that at that time you can walk your path, not someone else's. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, let's hear from, from Kai and Jenny because they both had an interesting um, application. So Kaya, do you wanna go first and, and just tell us, remind us what you asked for support with? Yes. I asked for support with help purchasing a new iPad Pro under both adaptive equipment and starting a home business because I wanted to continue doing art as a job slash hobby. And can you explain your level of vision and how you do art? My level of vision, I still have working vision, not super great, but still there. I'm pretty colorblind also. <laughs> Art is something that I do more as a feeling and kind of just I draw what I view things as to express kind of my vision and ideas of what things look like. That's so cool. So what sort of things do you like to draw? I draw a lot of things. I'm not great at drawing people because faces are so hard for me with expressions. I don't know how to make them look good, but I love drawing animals and nature because there's something that you can make look like animals in nature with more of shapes and ideas and colors instead of just what they look like actually. Cool. So you got I'm assuming you got this, I've already forgotten the name of it, pro technology thing. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm so not techie. Um, and how has that worked out for you? 
It's been great. I actually am working for an online developer for their art in their projects. So I'm using it for a home business as well as adaptive equipment. Yay! That's awesome. <laughs> that's excellent. That's, that's really fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't even know that. This is that's that, that's so good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's great. I'm so did it it exceed your expectations? Like, you know, you asked for this technology to be able to do this thing and like are you surprised that it led to employment? It's been great. I'm enjoying myself a lot. Okay, Jenny. Tell us what you asked for the bursary to, to yeah. help you with. Yeah, thank you. So I'm Ginny. I'll just start off by saying um, I have been blind since birth, so I have no vision at all. Um, and when I applied for the bursary, I asked um, yeah, to for it to help me uh, to attend an independent living skills program in Victoria, so on the island. And ever, so since I was younger, um, I was very sheltered as a kid uh, because of my blindness. Um, I wasn't really running around with the other kids, um, riding bikes, you know, walking by myself. I was always guided everywhere. I wasn't really taking my cane out, even in my teen years. Um, was a big thing. Um, I also come from a small town. I'm from Old Grove, and it's very rural. Um, not a lot of services out here, not a lot of public transportation out here. So when I joined Blind Beginnings and I started post-secondary, it was really hard for me to start becoming more independent because that's the age, right? When you're a teenager and you get a little bit older that you want to start doing things on your own and want to start branching out. And I really couldn't do those things as much as I wanted to. So I decided to take a semester off and um, attend this program. Um, and I did receive the bursary and I was able to go away for about four months and complete the training um, and um, pay for the cost of um of that um, because I was more like a homestay student there. Um, and now, um, like Sean mentioned, I do have a guide dog. A guide dog is something uh, I wanted since I was 14. But in order to get a guide dog, you need really good cane skills. Um, and you need to be independent enough and make sure the dog has enough work. So after I came back from the program, I started applying for a guide dog. And this past April, um, I got my first guide dog. Her name is Sadie. Um, and I'm now, I live a few streets sort of over from my parents, but I am more living alone by myself um, because I do have a dog. I am going out more by myself. Things I never thought I'd be doing or that my parents would be confident or comfortable to let me do. Um and I think that if I didn't, you know, get get through that program and kind of learn those skills, I wouldn't be able to do those things because, you know, yeah, like practical, you know, work skills, school skills that I was doing are great. But like if I can't make my work for lunch or if I can't even get to work, then 
then you know what's that saying so i'm i'm really grateful that i was able to receive the money and able to use it to further myself and i'm hoping to just keep you know keep those skills and keep growing them because it's not just, you know, the bursary wasn't just this one-time thing. It's now leading into a whole other bunch of things like getting a guide dog and like, you know, kind of expanding every other area of my life. Yes. That's so great. And Ginny is also working for Blind Beginnings part-time as our program assistant, um, just started about a month ago. So I feel like that independence may also have contributed to employment. Excellent. I know, isn't it just win-win? <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, I'm going to try to read. So Keisha uh, was supposed to be here, but wasn't able to make it. And uh, she was also a former recipient. And she did actually happen to send me a thank you letter just last week, <laughs> which is just she didn't even know that we were trying to put this this conversation together but she sent me this letter and I just read it this morning and I was like well this is perfect I think I need to make sure that um that Jeff that you hear this but I think it's just a testament to the bursary and another example of of a success story so okay to the Lori Shepard Memorial Fund Committee I'm writing to you for a few reasons one of these is to express my deep gratitude once more for being a recipient of this bursary last year. I'm honored to be seen as worthy of receiving this bursary in Lori Shepard's name. As for what I have read and heard, she was a passionate and remarkable woman who really made positive impacts in her community. With the money I received from the award, I was able to pursue certification one and two of SPIN instructor training with authentic instructor training a program based out of Calgary. This is what I had hoped to use these funds for. As SPIN is a passion of mine and becoming an instructor is a big dream that I've been striving for. Becoming a SPIN instructor was one of those things that my mind and my heart warred over. On one hand, I had spent a lot of time in my younger years not thinking I was very athletic. I also wondered about things like how I would manage the facilitation of a group SPIN class and it has been a personal obstacle I've been working on. My heart, determined and stubborn as it is, however, learned as I got older that being active is a great passion of mine, and I decided that we would figure this spin thing out. I had not met any other blind or visually impaired spin instructors, though I'm sure they're out there. Regardless, though, this would be a trail to blaze for myself and the broader fitness community. With the help of this bursary, a summer of theory and practice, a community of supportive and encouraging people, more practice and determination. I found myself clipping into the pedals of the instructor bike at the front of my beloved spin studio. I have not officially taught a class other than those with friends or other instructors, but I can feel the possibilities and I am grateful. My dream is to one day start up a studio that focuses on holistic wellness and fitness. This would include spin classes, as well as various modalities of holistic health treatment, focusing on on body, mind, and spirit. This award has helped me open more doors for the future and learn what I am capable of. Thank you again for this incredible opportunity. I hope that one day I can make half the positive impact that Lori Shepard made. And that is Keisha Anderson. So 
well done <laughs> to all of you. <laughs> it's uh, Megan is, is sitting half off camera here, and she has little tears that are coming down her face. Aww. So uh, all three three accounts are are so heartwarming, but yes. uh, and as much so, they're they're precisely why the memorial grant was created so that individual persons could pursue their individual passions and, and that's that just makes me so happy to hear all three accounts uh, I, I also did have to sort of grin when kaya was talking about being a an artist with a home studio uh, our, our entire household is an art gallery but megan is an art instructor and an artist and uh like literally half the space is is with her painting supplies and <laughs> her teaching gear and <laughs> she does zoom classes or so it's uh, uh that, that hit very close to home <laughs> yeah. congrats congratulations kaya that's amazing you're an artist i just love that and i love that you're putting your ipad pro to use that's just that's just so great that you're finding you. that you're finding uh your uh, your creativity through the arts. That's just great. So if anybody is interested in applying for this bursary, the criteria is is not very, uh, ex like it's not hard, I feel like, to meet this criteria. So you, you must be a BC resident. You must meet criteria, criteria for legal blindness or have a medical condition that may result in progressive vision loss, such as diabetes or MS, um, and you must be 16 years or older. So yes, those BC folks who have a visual impairment, who could use some support in pursuing your dreams and goals, um, you can check out the application form on our website, blindbeginnings.ca. If you click on news, it'll be there. And um, you got to get your applications in by April 8th and the winners will be presented at our upcoming gala, which is on April 30th. So, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to attend the gala. Uh, if you don't live in Metro Vancouver and that's not possible, then, you know, you still get the award, <laughs> but, uh, if you're a chosen recipient, um, but if you are local, then we'd love for you to be there and we would present the award to you there. I think Megan and I just uh, simply wanted to say how pleased we are with uh, what has unfolded and, and uh, to, to you and, and Rob, you've done a really great job today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on April 30th because we bought our tickets for the fun. I saw for that this yeah. morning. Thank you. That's so fantastic. a great event. Yeah. No, it's been three years since we've had a gala. So we're yeah. like an in-person. We're really excited to be able to see people again and to do that. I'm really happy you're going to be there. Um, yeah. Thank you for trusting this bursary with blind beginnings. I feel very honored to be able to, to give this out every year. It is, it's a fantastic bursary and it's helping so many people and it's continued to grow as well. The, the amount that we're able to give out every year seems yeah. to be growing because of so many people who have put funds into this bursary. So that has been amazing. Yeah. That's, so we look forward to hopefully seeing many people there that night and chatting with you and, and also the new recipients. That's that and the such dogs. A and the dogs, yes. <laughs> My dog will be there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, all of you. Really appreciate you being here today. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you at the gala. And thank you to our listeners.
Thank you. Blind Beginnings is excited to be having our annual fundraising gala on April 30th, this year being held at the Sheraton Wall Center in downtown Vancouver. It's the first time in three years that we've been able to have a gala in person, so we're very excited. We're also extremely grateful to our co-sponsor for the gala this year, the Ani Group. Tickets are $125 for adults, $49 for children 12 or younger, and are available at blindbeginnings.ca. You may not be aware, but the Limitless 100th episode is coming up in a few more weeks, and we have an idea where you can help us celebrate. We're looking for a couple of people who feel like they have listened to a lot of our Limitless podcast who would maybe like to be a contestant uh, on a game show that we're creating about the Limitless podcast. So our hundredth episode is going to be a fun game. And we're looking for a couple of our listeners who think they know quite a lot about the podcast, who would like to test their knowledge and join us for this episode. If this is you, please send me an email at limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. And just let me know that you're interested in being one of the contestants on our hundredth episode. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast with a friend, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.